Okay, welcome to episode 31 of the AMT podcast. Hope you're all making lots of money, as always. I barely managed four whole sessions last week since I had two weddings to go to and a 36-hole golf tournament on Saturday. So Sunday I was just so tired and barely managed an hour then. But despite a mediocre profit, I did in fact trade well. And if you remember last week where I mentioned you shouldn't judge your performance based on how much you make, you should judge it based on how well you trade. Um, this week's result should go to show why. But this week, I've been pretty much trading every day and will continue to do so through Sunday. So hopefully we can start pulling off some serious results, especially with the heavy test cricket schedule right around the corner. Anyway, today I want to talk about something that extends uh, a little bit beyond trading. I want to explain in this episode why I firmly believe that if you want to achieve something, Um, something of significance, or at least reach your full potential, then there's no better way to do that than starting from scratch. And whatever I say in this episode is, of course, based on experience and observations that I've made up until now. Have you ever wondered why, more often than not, some of the most successful people in the world have nearly always started from an unprivileged background? Whether that's from a broken home, a crime-ridden neighborhood, poverty, or just a country which lacks any serious opportunity. And on the other hand, have you ever wondered why kids with parents who've provided every opportunity at their fingertips end up amounting to nothing? Now, of course, I'm using two extreme examples to illustrate my point here, but they happen more frequently than you can imagine. If you've been handed every material comfort, then there's literally no reason to strive for anything. If your parents were just your human ATM machines and they solved every problem for you, there'd be nothing to figure out. Money comes as fast as it goes and it's literally impossible to attach any sort of value to anything because you've never had to earn it. You've essentially been handicapped since there's never been a reason to ever work hard or take any sort of risk. Whereas if you start adulthood with no tangible advantage, no cash connections, property, you're forced to go on the offensive. You're forced to attack life full throttle because you've got no choice. There's no safety net to fall back on. Now, I didn't grow up under either extreme. Uh, My upbringing was sort of a hybrid in the sense that I've always had a roof over my head and my parents have money. But other than somewhere to eat and live, my parents gave me absolutely no head start whatsoever by way of money, property. They didn't even teach me anything. However, my parents grew up dirt poor. When they came to this country, they had no money or no connections and they were forced to work hard straight away. My father always had an entrepreneurial flair and against his parents' wishes, who wanted him to play it safe, He successfully started his own business, moved into franchising and built up his own property portfolio. My mother also worked and started her own business and the men on her side of the family, her brother and brother-in-law, they nearly all went on to achieve financial success through business also. Now, whilst my dad's family didn't go down the entrepreneurial route, their, their work ethic is equal to my dad's. And I have no doubt that had my family been more people orientated and had the right guidance had they been more entrepreneurial that i have no doubt they'd be worth 100 million now my dad's done more than all right for himself and even as a retiree he's he's got ants in his pants he can't sit still and when he's not passively managing his properties he's always doing some sort of work whether it's the gardening which is pretty back-breaking work he does it year round He's always cleaning up. He's always working out. That work ethic from a young age is now firmly ingrained in his DNA because he really had no choice. There was nowhere to put their feet up and rest. They didn't own anything. They didn't have a house. There was no inheritance to rely upon. And I do believe my parents' work ethic 
and values in part comes from what's become a standard amongst the South Asian community, where there is a strong emphasis on family, hard work and education. When the first wave of Asians arrived in Britain in the 40s and 50s, when migrants were being recruited to fill labor shortages resulting from the World War, they came here with nothing. They had no choice but to take up whatever menial labor they were offered. And when the second wave of Asians came from East Africa in the 60s or 70s, which is the group my parents were part of. They did so because they were expelled from the new independent regimes like Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania. Even the wealthy Indians had to leave behind uh, most, if not all, of their wealth. But instead of crying, complaining, and looking for a handout, what they did have going for them was an English education under uh, British colonial rule in East Africa and a strong knack for business, which just so happened to coincide with Margaret Thatcher's enterprise economy which they thrived under hence why so many indians went on to own pharmacies and news agencies but beyond that indians have gone on to thrive and dominate in sectors like healthcare, medicine real estate science business you name it just have a peep at the annual british rich list it's full of indians now my mother's indian but my father is actually pakistani and unfortunately pakistanis lag far behind indians when it comes to achievement there's many reasons for that, but for the sake of not going off tangent, and more importantly, not upsetting anyone, because it's nearly impossible to have such a discussion without emotions going out of control, let's just look at the facts objectively, without judgment. Now, whilst my father may fit the statistic with regards to lagging education, he more than made up for it with his work ethic and his appreciation for the principles of business. He's honest, he works hard, and he doesn't make excuses. And collectively, what my parents and the Asian diaspora as a whole lacked with regards to economic capital, they more than made up for with social and cultural capital, which has formed the backbone for their success. Now, I don't want to compare my demographic with others because that's not fair. But the reason why I'm highlighting it is because I am proud of my heritage. And I feel like I owe it to my parents and my community as a whole to be successful. That's a chip on my shoulder that I'm willing to carry. That is part of my why. My parents have struggled far more than I have ever done so um, financially and even culturally. But despite being both Asian, my mother is in fact from a Hindu Gujarati uh, Indian background. And my father is from a Muslim Punjabi Pakistani background. So not only were my parents poor, but uh, their marriage wasn't really accepted. Over 30 years on with the deck stacked against them, not only are they still married and raised a family, but they thrived financially too. They're of that old school ilk where you never give up on each other and you never ever throw in the towel when the going gets tough. My parents are tough people and they had no choice but to be tough. And my father even does make a habit of trivializing my struggles. He thinks I took the easy way out, becoming a trader and not getting a corporate job. He's of that old school mindset where if I'm not physically exhausted every day uh, from a day's labor, then... I'm, I must be doing nothing. I must not be working hard. He thinks because I'm at home indoors all day, I don't do anything. When I see him, he doesn't even bother asking if I'm okay because in his mind, uh, what could I possibly be, be struggling over? Needless to say, that's not true. And anyone that's been lulled into thinking that my trading journey has been a cakewalk, just go have a listen to episode 28 of this podcast where I go into detail explaining my worst ever losing period. But with regards to my background, it's a blessing that I didn't have those kind of parents who wanted to shield me from life. My parents made it clear to me that their only responsibility was to put a roof over my head. And with hindsight, it's the best thing they ever did. Naturally, I'm a very lazy person. Ambitious, but lazy. I've always been confident in my ability, but 
I've always waited until the last minute to get things done, whether it means leaving on time and just arriving late, studying just before an exam, or waiting till my bad habits have become so ingrained that it becomes do or die in order to get rid of them. Um, and that pretty much sums up my trading career so far. <laughs> but honestly, if my parents had been the type to just spoil their kids just for the sake of existing, paying my way through college, paying for my degree, buying me a property, buying me a car, thinking that they're helping me, um, there'd really be no reason for me to work as hard as I do. Not only would I be bored out of my mind, but I would never have had to confront my laziness. It wasn't until I had to pay the price for my laziness that I was able to wake up and make a, a conscious effort to rid myself of the bad habits that were hindering my progress. I went to a good university and there were so many private school kids there whose parents probably forked out tens of thousands uh, during college just to, get to, just to get them to the same university and same degree as I was doing. And I went to a regular state school. These kids would have designer clothes. They'd be popping bottles in the clubs. They'd be getting a new car for their birthday. And a lot of them ended up doing hard drugs because they were bored and they could afford them. Now these kids, a lot of these kids were lazy like me at the time, except their parents would just send them cash um, whenever their funds were low. Like I said, they were just human ATM machines. One low life I know even used to steal from his parents. Now granted, they all got good grades and they got good enough jobs. On paper, they weren't really failing. But given how much money their parents had to fork out and how many strings they had to pull just for their kid to land a job at Deloitte or some middle office job at a bank, none of them went on to achieve anything spectacular. None of them took on any sort of entrepreneurial endeavor. None of them took on any sort of risk because they felt like they never had to. They never had to struggle and Nobody chooses to struggle. A nine to five is about all they could handle before boozing and drugging themselves to death every weekend. I was only able to cultivate a strong work ethic because I knew the only safety net my parents were going to provide for me was somewhere to live. And not to mention the fact that I rejected a graduate scheme in order to take the risky endeavor of becoming a trader. In other words, without even realizing it at the time, I, I left myself no choice. If I screwed this up, then there really was no going back. So without realizing it, I put an awful lot of pressure on myself because no line of work will make you pay for your laziness and pay for your mistakes than trading will. If you have a bad day at your nine to five or you pull a sickie, you still get paid. If I have a bad day, not only do I not get paid, I lose money. And there's no bigger kick in the balls than slogging away for hours for a loss. There's no hiding being a trader or an entrepreneur since you're 100% responsible and accountable for, and accountable for your failures and successes. If you mess up, it, it falls on you. There's there's no one else to blame and you're all alone to deal with it. But the glory and respect that comes from building something from scratch and the opportunity to scale your income is far greater. It's not for everyone, but it does separate the men from the boys. It will test your mettle and it will force you to learn and grow more than any steady uh, paying salary would. And this isn't a knock on anyone getting a nine to five, by the way. There's absolute honor in exchanging your time for money in a linear fashion, especially if you're passionate about what you do and if you're providing a good service that you believe in. But when you veer off on the path that I did and you have to see your peers making more money than you, getting new cars, they're saving up for a house while you're scraping the bottom of the barrel, it's hard not to have regrets and think about what could have been, especially when you've worked so hard with so little to show for it. For me, the fruits are only finally coming to bear, but with the knowledge, the discipline and the wherewithal I have now, which, by the way, I never would have developed if I had a 9-to-5. My scope for growth now is much bigger. Solo missions aren't for everyone. 
not everybody wants it all. Not everyone is willing to build uh, towards a life that they can live on their own terms. There's a lot of people who are happy uh, being in their comfort zone with a secure job, um, safety, security, and a fixed routine. But if you want to be someone who achieves uh, something of his own accord and potentially far bigger, then you have to embrace risk. You have to embrace struggle and you have to adapt. And it's just so hard to do that when you've lived a sheltered life. And the longer you leave it and the more financial commitments you take on, the harder and more risky it becomes later in life. Like I said earlier, I didn't grow up under either extreme, but the one big advantage I, di I did have going for me was time. I had time to pay for my errors and learn from my mistakes without financial commitments. If I did have the pressure of paying bills, I'd either have been forced to quit or to learn even more quickly. I knew very early on that a nine to five was not for me. I'm very ambitious and I've always wanted so much more. I put a big premium on my time and there's no nine to five that would compensate me appropriately for that. And besides that, I do want to prove to myself and my parents that I'm no slouch and I am capable. My dad always taunted me about being lazy. He used to call me a dosser when I used to wake up uh, later than eight o'clock um, back in the school days. And he always made sure to remind me how privileged I was, even though he didn't give me anything, or let alone teach me anything. But I do still carry that chip on my shoulder to prove him wrong, especially since I've taken this unusual endeavor into sports trading, which he sees as no more than gambling. And whilst it took me a long time to finally get the brakes and get the ball rolling, I still got a lot to prove to myself and them. I do have a lot of worldly desires that I want to fulfill, and I'm not ashamed to admit that. I'll be crushed by them if I don't fulfill them. And when I do get what I want, I pray I have the strength not to be consumed by them and uh, prepare to eventually let them go. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Until then, I'm very clear about what I want and why I want them. Like I said before, I have myself and others to prove to. And I also want the respect. I don't want to live under my parents' shadow. I want to far outdo them and I want to outshine everyone. And I do carry myself with a certain confidence. And I do run that risk of embarrassing myself if I fail. Since I've put it all out there, what I want to achieve. Um, and I'm not scared to say it. And last but not least, I've suffered and lost way too much in order to quit now. I could have avoided all those losses and painful lessons had I got a steady Eddie 9 to 5, all those sleepless nights and blown bankrolls and stressful situations, it couldn't have all been for nothing. There has to be something greater in store. And if I quit now, I'll never know how close I was to getting to where I know I belong. So many times I've wanted to quit and felt sorry for myself and contemplated a 9 to 5. But after I got over it, dusted myself down and picked myself back up, I knew that every trial was necessary for my growth and it only added to my bank of fortitude. Every time I messed up and blew a bankroll, I just knew I was getting one step closer to figuring things out. If I was mentally weak and had a nice, cushy safety net to fall back on, I'd have quit a long time ago. Nobody chooses to suffer. And now I'm in a situation where I can comfortably say that for as long as betting exchanges exist, I will always have a reliable income to profit from without answering to anyone. Maybe sports trading won't get me rich, but it's certainly gonna open a lot of doors for me. Manny Koshbin, the famous uh, car enthusiast and YouTuber. He said success is like water traveling down a mountain. It doesn't happen in a straight line. It takes many unexpected twists and turns before finally arriving at the ocean. And I felt like that was a great metaphor. Take this podcast, for example. I never would have dreamed of starting it had I never traded or had any lessons to share. If I played life safely, then I wouldn't be able to dispense with the knowledge that I now have. And when I tutor traders into turning profitable, I'm able to empathize 
with their journey and with their struggles because I've been through them myself. When people start trading, the first questions they ask is, how much can I make or how much, how big should my bankroll be? And the question always boils down to the same fundamentals uh, with regards to starting anything. You can have the best set of golf clubs. You're not going to strike a ball like Tiger Woods. You can have a million dollars starting capital. You're not going to start a Fortune 500 company. Similarly, you can have a hundred grand bankroll. You're not going to make two to five percent a day. You have to start from zero. You have to earn your stripes. Trading is no different. If you've never experienced losing money before, which you inevitably will as a trader, how are you going to respond? When do you cut the trade? When do you let it run? How long do you let it run? Do you add to your position? It doesn't matter whether you start with a hundred grand or a hundred quid. You will, in all likelihood, lose the lot the first time around. So instead of losing your savings or, God forbid, someone else's savings, you might as well lose money you can afford to lose. And even if you are persistent enough and do turn profitable, it's still never smooth sailing. I can attest to that firsthand. Like I said, go and watch episode 28 of this podcast where I cover in detail my worst ever losing period. But as painful as that chapter was in my life, I'm thankful for it because I now know what not to do. I'm now able to handle pressure and tough situations. Those are lessons I would have missed out on had I, had my life been sheltered. Look, nobody wants a hard life. Nobody is actively seeking struggle. But between where you are now and where you want to be, there's an awful lot of growing and learning to do, which is why any worthwhile pursuit is met with struggle. You're having to deal with new situations and scenarios that you're not equipped for. There's only so much planning you can do, but until you throw yourself in the deep end, you're not going to learn anything. There's no manual in life uh, as to how to succeed. You're just learning on the job, and that's why you fail. And you will keep failing and failing over and over again. But if you stay persistent, you keep trying new things, figuring things out, practicing with deliberation, finding out what works and what doesn't, Success then just becomes inevitable. It no longer becomes a question of talent or luck, but grit and determination. If you never quit or throw in the towel, uh, it's just a matter of time. And this is why people who come from nothing have so much grit and determination. Because life forces them out their comfort zone. And my parents are examples of that. There's no time to get depressed or worried about what others think or say. There's no time to be lazy or put things off indefinitely and procrastinate. No, they need to get things done now. The softest, weakest, most limp people that I meet nearly always come from some sort of privileged background. Since they've never had any real struggle, um, they always have the most trivial problems. Oh, I couldn't get out of bed today because I was feeling a bit anxious. Oh, there was too many people in that room and I had an anxiety attack. Oh, I didn't practice today because the weather was too hot and I had a wedgie and my, and my butt was sore. When you have a safety net to crawl back in all the time, it's so easy to make excuses. But when you start from ground zero and you're fighting for survival or you have that chip on your shoulder and you know your why, that's, that's your rocket fuel that's going to power you through the bullshit, through the day and through the tough times. And if you do come out on the right side, the next time you're faced with adversity, you'll be ready for it because you've developed the mental and physical backbone to handle it. You're not going to cower away or pass the buck onto someone else to deal with it for you. Life should get easier as you get older. It's better to take risks, screw up, fight back and figure things out in your 20s and 30s. So you build up that metal and that experience to handle tough situations later on in life. Mommy and daddy isn't going to be around forever to bail you out. And when people can see that you are someone who solves problems, get things done and you have accomplishments under your belt, they'll look up to you, they'll respect you and they'll even seek your counsel. And that's why I'm a firm believer that Anyone who teaches anything must at some level have something to show for it. If you're a personal trainer, 
being in shape should be a prerequisite. If you're going to show someone how to hit a golf ball, you better know how to hit one. If you're going to train someone how to fight, you better know what it's like getting punched in the mouth. If you want to teach someone how to trade, you better know how to make money. There's too many gurus and mental coaches out there who are great orators and talented linguists and are great at drumming up motivation and may even give actionable advice. But they still miss that key final ingredient, which is field experience. If you haven't struggled or faced adversity and come out on the right side, you may give good advice, but you can never truly empathize with the journey. You can fake it and chime in with your two cents, but empathizing with someone else's struggles that you yourself have never faced, that's a signature you can't forge. It nearly always shows through. Look, I know I've braided anyone who's lived a sheltered life or whose parents have helped them out, but I am generalizing here. There's exceptions to every rule. If you're someone who works hard and is a real go-getter and does show promise, I'm all for parents providing just enough support to spur them in the right direction. But there's a fine line between helping and handicapping. I want to be clear about my message here. Not everyone wants it all. Not everyone wants to test themselves to the extreme or take risks or achieve anything spectacular. And that's okay. But whether you like it or not, no matter how safely you play life, no matter how much you try to duck and dodge conflict, opposition or hostility, one way or another, you will be confronted with tough situations as a man that are going to require tough decisions and bravery. That's just the way the world works. You, you can run, but you can't hide from that fact. And the sooner you come to that realization and come to grips with it, the better you can brace yourself and be prepared for it. Duality is a fundamental nature of life. You can't appreciate peace without conflict. You can't appreciate sunshine without rain. You can't appreciate good times without suffering. And this is why the privileged kids that I mentioned at university were so bored all the time. They, they don't know struggle. But whether you want to roll the dice and play life for the high stakes or play it safe, you can't run away and escape that duality. One day, one way or another, those tough times are going to come. So you're better off embracing and preparing yourself now. And experiencing and embracing both sides of the coin is the only way you're going to appreciate life fully. Like I keep saying, if you've spent your life from a position of privilege, it's not impossible, but you're going to have a much harder time figuring out your why. You're arguably worse off since there's no reason to step out your comfort zone. And if you do start from a place, uh, from a lack of abundance, just be mindful of your thoughts if you ever catch yourself being envious or jealous of people with a supposed head start. Everyone's dealt a different hand in life. It's not about where you start, it's about how you finish. And the less you have, the more powerful your why becomes. Anyway, that's my two cents. I, I hope I've given you some, some food for thought. Let me know in the comments what you guys think. I do read and reply. And of course, don't forget to like, share and subscribe. And I'll see you guys soon.